Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Odyssey NFL insider Jason Lockenfora. Jason, welcome to the show. What's going on, gentlemen? Oh, just getting ready for the draft, enjoying the the last great parts of the uh, the NFL offseason. Is there? I, I'm I'm not sure how uh, either of us could judge this. Is is there the normal amount of buzz around this NFL draft this year? Um, I think so. Uh, I'm not totally sure how to judge it either, but I, I suspect so. I think there's certainly more mystery and intrigue uh, because if teams at the top, usually the top five, like, you know, the players and pretty much the order, or at least, you know, within a pick or two, there's all kinds of variables here. I mean, we don't even know where the quarterbacks are going outside of one. And usually you at least have something of a feel for that. Um, You know, the teams themselves trying to figure out who's going to be available for them. I've heard, you know, way more, I have no freaking idea, you know what I mean, this year than I have most other years that I can recall. Um, you know, there's a suspicion that there's some teams that are going to do things that nobody has mocked or even really considered because this is, you know, this isn't the greatest draft class in the world. It's not loaded at key positions the way some recent ones have been. Um, you, you've seen a lot of turnover in front offices. You know, there's some wild cards, some guys who are sitting in the chair for the first time or just the second time. Again, quarterbacks are, you know, all over the map, depending on who you talk to. So I think you throw all that in a hopper, and I think there'll be some twists and turns and some oohs and ahs and some people, you know, getting ripped pretty hard in real time because they're doing something that we didn't really talk about or didn't really brace for. Doesn't mean they won't ultimately be proven right, you know, but there's a lot of variables out there. Jason, since the last time we talked with you, uh, Odell Beckham Jr. has been added to the Baltimore Ravens, of course, and you know the Lamar Jackson uncertainty is still there. But um, what what is the status of, of Baltimore as as we sit now, um, the week of the draft? Um, it, it's a weird, you know this team is in a weird spot right now. Um, there's a lot of people who just are they're just worn out, you know what I mean, by the Lamar Jackson of it all, by all the you – know, just like all the rhetoric, all the ridiculous press conferences, all the nonsense that the Ravens have, you know, put out there, whether saying it out loud or whispering it to people. Like, there's a tremendous amount of Lamar fatigue. Saying all that, it's also a train wreck you can't look away from. And, like, the industry is convinced that – they could be a team that breaks Anthony Richardson's fall if Anthony Richardson, in fact, has a fall. For all we know, he might end up going second overall. Like, but And the Ravens wouldn't go that high to get him. But, like, if he's still available at 10, you know, I, I don't think it's out of the question that they would consider future jazz capital to go get him. Um, most likely they take a corner or a safety. You know, they, they are really thin at D-back right now, and it's a position that they prize as much as any franchise in, in football. Um, and just because they took a safety last year doesn't mean they won't take one this year. 
Um, and also, you know, look, they're sitting there one pick behind, but in front of Minnesota. And a lot of people think Minnesota is in the Hendon Hooker uh, sweepstakes. So is there a team that feels like, well, let's get ahead of Minnesota. Let's get to 22 and do business with the Ravens there. I mean, that, that's another scenario that they're looking at kind of, you know, wistfully because they only have five picks this year and they're not comfortable with that and they're not used to that. And so, you know, how can we rectify that? So, but the Lamar Jackson of it all trumps everything. And um, I think a lot of people are just waiting to see how Lamar reacts to whatever they do. Um, And maybe they grab another wide receiver, which is also a possibility, even after signing Odell. But, you know, until they figure out the quarterback situation, I think a lot of people are just kind of like looking at them a little side-eyed. We're joined by Odyssey NFL insider Jason Locke and Fora Insider Calls presented by the Odyssey NFL Draft Show. Join Jason and Brian Baldinger on the first night of the draft for an inside scoop on the best prospects for the Browns. It all starts Thursday, April 27th at 7 p.m. on the free Odyssey app. I I did, you know, we, we've paid so much attention here, obviously, in the North to Lamar's situation uh, in the AFC. Aaron Rodgers, the deal is finally agreed to. Who do you think ends up getting the better end of the deal, the Jets or the Packers? Well, the Jets, uh, I don't think this is going to end well for them. Uh, they gave up too much for him. They were bidding against themselves. They refused to, you know, exercise any leverage, which they could have done by spending a weekend with Lamar Jackson. Or, frankly, they could have done just by waiting to, to the other side of this draft. Like, and now you're looking at the specter of next year's compensation, but where, where else was he going? I mean, the Jets weren't going to take a quarterback. Like, what if Aaron Rodgers showed up to OTAs in Green Bay two weeks from now because he's making $60 million, and why not? Like, how uncomfortable would Goody and the gang be? But the Jets weren't willing to do that. You know, the, the Jets what they normally do, which is asinine stuff when Woody Johnson's involved. And I don't know why. It's a salary dump. They agreed to take the full freight of the contract and also traded for him as if he's an ascending player, as, as if, you know, he's still who they dream him to be. But the rest of the league says, no, that's a $20 million quarterback. That's not a $60 million quarterback. And if you want to pay $30 million of that salary, I'll give you a four or a five to pick up the rest of it. No, these guys went and made a real football trade. So um, he'll be there for one year. They'll be, you know, an okay team. They won't be great. He's not what he once was. He wasn't good last year. He won't be good next year. Um, And they'll probably win too many games to get the quarterback in 2024 that they really need. So, no, I don't think it'll work for them. I'm not a big Jordan Love guy, but, but, you know, the Packers had to stop being held hostage. By uh, or letting themselves, frankly, be held hostage by Aaron Rodgers. And for them to be able to move that contract in its entirety is obviously a win for them. Do I think they're going to be special with Jordan Love and the roster they've assembled? No. Even in the NFC, I don't think they will be. You know, the, J- Jason, there's some rumblings out there that Tannehill could be uh, be moved. Um, Absolutely. What do you think happens with him? Well, I think if, if they get a, you know, if they get a like C.J. Stroud, then I think Mike Tannehill could be traded over the weekend. Um, I don't think he'll be there come the trade deadline one way or the other. Quarterbacks will get hurt. You know, Brock Purdy, is he going to come back on time or isn't he? But them taking a quarterback would probably expedite things, but they're, they're tearing it down. Like, they're in tear-down mode. Um, that's just a fact. 
And I do think at some point they'll move Derrick Henry, and I do think at some point they'll move Ryan Tannehill. Um, and the head coach probably doesn't love that uh, prospect, but I think that's where they are as a franchise. They're going to get their free money for their new stadium, even though the existing one isn't that old. And I think, you know, she's, she's looking at that there. Um, the owner, Amy Adams Strunk, saying, well, I don't really need, you know, let's be good by the time we open that thing up. But in the meantime, you know, we're in transition. Jason, looking to just the AFC big picture, um, how many teams do you think have moved ahead of Cleveland in the AFC, given what they've done in the offseason, whether it's, you know, roster work in general or, you know, the big quarterback move like the the Jets with Aaron Rodgers? For me, the balance of power in the NF- I mean, sorry, in the AFC hasn't really changed a whole lot. Um, you know, I think there's the teams who have quarterbacks and the teams who don't. Um, and then you've got the Ravens who are somewhere in purgatory. Um, I'm not, I don't think that, you know, year two with Deshaun Watson is all of a sudden going to be roses and candies and everything else. Um, and I think, you, you know, I can't, I can't buy their defense. I, I can't. And you, you've got to have like the gauntlet of quarterbacks you play in this conference. Um, to me, they're, you know, a, a, a middle-of-the-road kind of team, like which is exactly where you really probably don't want to be, especially when you gave up all that for the quarterback. But I, I just think um, not probably not good enough on defense, and I don't think they're going to be what they bought. Or like, what they think they bought on offense, I, I don't think they're going to be. Um, I think this quarterback um, is, frankly, never going to be the same, but that's just my opinion. Jason, you know, the last time we had you on, we were talking about Deshaun Watson a little bit, and, and obviously you, you think he's not going to be the same quarterback that um, he once was when he was in Houston. You, in fact, you, you had a little bit of a hot take. You th- said maybe he, he's out of the league in a year and a half. The Browns have made some moves since the last time we talked, obviously trading and getting the the Elijah Moore deal done, of course. Um, are they are they in a better position for Deshaun, or you still feel the same way? Um, I'll believe he's... Uh, upper echelon quarterback again when I see it with my own eyes. I, I can tell you this: that was hot garbage last year. They were you 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 benched the better quarterback. The quarterback who gave them a chance to contend for the playoffs got benched for a guy who couldn't play. Now again, is he going to shake the rust off this or that? I mean, whatever. Like you, you can sell that stuff, but I think it's in his head. Um, and yeah, I mean, hot take or not, like. When you have that kind of baggage and you're not special anymore, like that's when you don't get, you know, a third bite at the apple. That's when people say, eh, I'd rather go draft somebody or I'd rather go sign my Jacoby Brissett. Um, but I'm not, you know, I'm not bringing that guy into my building and having to, you know, to answer to sponsors and everything else. So I think this is a massive year for him, um, unquestionably. And again, I, I'm not buying it. I could be totally wrong. I'm, I often am, but I'm not buying it. Jason, uh, circling back to the draft here, um, I've made the comparison of this uh, quarterback class to, to 2018 in terms of the amount of a potential first-round uh, quarterbacks you could have. Is is the current scuttlebutt that we'll have five quarterbacks go in the first round this year? Um, I mean, I don't know that there's a universal sort of sentiment on that. I think opinions waver, especially on, you know, who would or wouldn't be willing to take Hooker given the age and the um, the injury. But, no, I think there will be. Um, 
I do. Even though next year's class looks generational, there, there's still a lot of teams right now that either don't have a quarterback or in their heart of hearts know that they're talking themselves into trying to believe or at least outwardly trying to project that they have a quarterback. But, um, you know, Vegas and Atlanta, I, I can't see them both passing on Anthony Richardson if he's there. I, I can't for a multitude of reasons. So if you still – maybe they don't go one, two, three, four like a lot of people were thinking, you know, six weeks ago. But even if four go in the top seven, then you're, you're talking about a long night where – Someone's got to be thinking, hey, I want to get that fifth-year option on Hendon Hooker because year one might be a redshirt year. It might literally be a redshirt year. So I want the fifth year of control plus the power of dangling franchise tags over his head beyond that if he is who we think he could be because um, that will be a huge factor in us getting that deal done, you know, at closer to our number than his. So, yeah, I, I think he was a first-round pick before he got hurt, and he was the same age. Um, and there's a team, you know, or teams like Minnesota – like the Saints, who, you know, this is the last year there with Kirk Cousins. They didn't redo his deal again. This is it. You know, Derek Carr, that's a year-to-year proposition. Um, it could even be somebody jumping in, you know, to that round. Like the Rams, how bad is Stafford's shoulder, you know? And if McVay is going to stick around, you know, that's another team where let's get him in our building, let's get him in our culture, and, you know, we could have a transition if need be. It only takes one. And we've seen it happen for far lesser prospects, like guys like Paxton Lynch in the past. So, um, I, I'm banking on somebody in the 20s doing it. Jason, one final question here. Uh, there's been so much talk about Jalen Carter, a, a kid who at one point was thought to be in contention for the, you know, the number one or number two picks mm-hmm. here. There's talk about a, a fall for him because of off-the-field concern. Is there a perceived floor for Jalen Carter if, if he starts to fall here? I don't think he gets past Seattle at five. I'm, I'm not buying it. In fact, I could concoct a scenario where if the Texans are comfortable with um, Tyree Wilson's foot, and not every team is, but a lot of the buzz from people I trust is that they, they are they you know they like his high end upside. I think it could be the other kid, Anderson, who a lot of people were saying first overall pick, you know, back at the combine. I, I can see him. I mean, again, I'm saying fall to like seven or eight. I mean, he's not falling out of the top ten, and Carter's not falling out of the top ten. But, yeah, if these quarterbacks go, certain defensive players are going to get pushed down the board, you know, two to four slots more than a lot of people would have thought at the onset. I, I though, I don't think it's Carter because I, I just think between Seattle and Detroit, I, I think one of them is going to see enough potential there to say we, we can we can handle the other stuff. Um, and certainly I'm not buying, again, him getting out. Him getting past Philadelphia, no way – know-how. I think Howie Roseman would sprint that card in if he's there. But again, I don't think he's going to be there past five. Jason, great stuff as always, buddy. Really do appreciate your time and uh, enjoy yet another wonderful draft week of the NFL. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. You guys do the same. That was Odyssey NFL insider Jason Lotkin for Insider Calls presented by the Odyssey NFL Draft Show. Join Jason and the great Brian Baldinger on the first night of the draft for an inside scoop on the best prospects for the Browns. It all starts Thursday, April 27th at 7 p.m. Eastern on the free Odyssey 